Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on. Welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Caddy. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is probably at lunch at, at his other job, his day job, and can't join us right now. Do you know where he is, by the way, Simon? Or... Um... I thought he was working at Hooters. Probably, yeah. You know, the Clearwater, it's pretty close. That's where it, it, they got started. So it would stand to reason that that's probably where he is. Understandable, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, as the, as always, this show is brought to you by Price Picks. You promo code 5FIVE. You deposit $100, you get $100. It's a one-time rollover, which is essentially they're giving you $100. Just take it. Now that the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs are going on, it's pretty fun to play these games as you have a little action on them with prize picks. Again, use promo code 5FIVE. And, of course, BetterEdge.com. Go to BetterEdge.com slash the number five reasons, and you get $20 just for signing up. That one's actually just free, $20 no matter what. Price picks, you actually deposit $100, and then you get $100. So they're both great deals. Take them. All right, Simon. Uh, last week, by the way, uh, I had to ask you about this. I was looking at all of the videos. I didn't think that Miami did such a bad job with their their schedule release video. Yeah, you found it a little boring. I kind of dug those uh those uh movie posters. I thought they were pretty cool. They're a bit dry, mate. Really? Uh, dry. Who did you like? Who did you like best? Who you think did the best job with their schedule release? Titans and Chargers. I mean, Chargers for the second year running. Just so much thought that goes into that manga release that they do is was was spectacular and the titans having those people misidentify team names is hilarious <laughs> yeah the titans uh i always like the i was, i love it when because yeah uh, we may think this is a big deal there's people out there that could not care a single lick about any of this shit the thing is though right you've got like it, it's clearly super bowl for social media teams right you've yeah. got two really major tv shows about to finish so like succession on hbo and the marvelous mrs Maisel on amazon prime you know like get in contact with hbo and say look we just need shiv kendall and uh, and roman to do a you know we could do a release video using their characters. We could get Mrs. Maisel doing a stand-up, whatever. Just, like, think a little bit outside the box. The Dolphins and their video. Like, it wasn't even the film. Like, half the film uh, titles weren't even very funny. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to do mm. films, at least do it, like, you know, really nail the films. And they didn't. 
So yeah, I mean, it was kind of middle of the pack, unfortunately. Like I'm not knocking the like the, I think mean, the video team is excellent. A lot of their video stuff is really good, but uh, I think they got outflanked by the Chargers and by um by the Titans and a few others certainly. But the the Titans and uh, Titans and Chargers were playing in the uh, social media Super Bowl for for certain. Yeah, um, the, I like the I really like the Titans one, and my favorite one was the the woman that just looked at the Jaguars logo and said they don't even exist. Yeah, exactly, brilliant. <laughs> and I love the you know little, just the dropping of the old school NFL music and the yeah, and that's a play on that old guy, isn't it? There's the guy, isn't there, whose his son just gets into just throws him all the all the um helmets, and he just has to guess them, and he keeps getting them wrong. That's what it's originally from. Yeah. Uh, so it's a nod to that as well with the music and stuff, but yeah, very very funny. Yeah, and the Chargers one, the, that Chargers release with Mike McDaniel with the hitting the vape pen. <laughs> yeah, and there's kind of the nod to two and on and things. Like that. I mean, that's the, there's loads of stuff in that that people wouldn't even get. That you know, it's just like wow. Yeah, is... it was really subtle. It's one of those things, and and that's oh. what makes it great is that yeah. it's one of those things that you have to watch three or four times to get all of it. You know, because if not, you're you're gonna miss something. Yeah, hundred percent. It's that's. I mean, that is whoever did that, whoever's behind that, that is properly smart. Well, as as the only, I believe the only conspiracy theorist uh, on schedules on the podcast, because I don't think Chris prescribes to any of them, and I know you don't. As the resident schedule conspiracy theorist, I think they help the Dolphins immensely with the schedule. It's almost as if the Dolphins drew the schedule themselves, and I'll explain why. They don't play a single team coming off a bye. They only have to travel far once, and then they have a bye afterwards, and the team that they're playing against also has to travel, which is Kansas City, and they're coming off of a short week. They finish the season with four out of the last five at home. They play the better teams at home, and every single one of their trips, except week one, because that's another thing, they have no West Coast trips. Uh, they're basically training all summer leading up to the West Coast trip of the entire season, which is the Chargers. Every other flight is a little puddle jump. It's to New England. It's to Buffalo. It's to Philadelphia. It's to New York. It's to Washington, D.C., and it's to Maryland. They're all tiny little flights, comfortable flights, less than two hours, two hours and a half. And they have soft spots at home. They have the better teams at home. And again, they finish Four out of the last five at home. Uh, this is extremely favorable schedule. They got absolutely no excuses as far as the schedule is concerned. Uh, your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, look, there's some tough games. Look like some tough games on paper. It's quite a tough start going to San Diego, but uh, the, going to the Chargers, sorry. But, you know, what I find interesting about that is that, you know, it that, that was the kind of the second week of, was it the second week or the first week of two is kind of real big collapse um, on that West Coast swing last year. I can't remember that happened. It happened after the 49ers game, didn't it? So that yeah. was, a, yeah. Uh, you know, and you kind of get the idea that Brandon Staley would have seen a lot of of Tua tape to that point. It was week 10, or week 11, or week 12, something like that. And, um, you know, this time Mike will have been in the, Coach McDaniel will have been in the lab and, you know, they're not going to have seen a lot of the stuff that's going to come out of, um, coming out of the laboratory for week one. So I think that's a plus. Jalen Ramsey, obviously going back to his home stadium week one is a pl- is a plus. It's not like it's, um, you know, SoFi is a great stadium, but it's not like it's mega loud in terms of that home crowd isn't mega loud. Do you know what I mean? It's not a, 
Yeah, it's not a huge charge of support. I think there'll be a, a lot of Dolphins fans. You know, it's not like you go to Arrowhead Week One, do you know what I mean, or to Denver or or to Seattle Week One. You know where you you know the crowd is going to be extremely loud. Um, so I think that that yeah, we crazy. spoke about that on on um, on on OnlyFans. That's three dollars a month. I had I did a like a mini show on our on our vetted stage with uh, B. Sebo. Uh, you know who he is. Yeah, Blake. Yeah, and Blake, and he was telling he was telling us that the Chargers essentially don't have really have an audience. Like nobody really cares that it's that's a Rams town. So it's yeah. entirely possible that for opening week, you're gonna have a lot, a lot of Dolphin fans going to be draft going to be you know, uh, traveling out there to fill up most of that stadium. It should be pretty even Steven kind of crowd, I think. Yeah, for we got an absolute break. They got an absolute break with the Chiefs game being abroad. Um, I think mm-hmm. you don't want to go to Arrowhead, um, you know, in there. That's a, you know, that, especially with Tyreek and, you know, that would be a big old atmosphere. So to get that essentially a neutral venue is great. Obviously, Philly will be a tough game. Um, and then the the, the, the the toughest stretch really is that, that you know, you're going to play Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, the final four games. That's, you know, I said it on Twitter, but that's, you know, you need your big boy pants for those games. That's, that's really you know, do or die when it comes to the playoffs at that point. You know, you're going to have to go at least two and two during that stretch. Three at home, obviously, which is great. A little bit of an elimination of the weather factor. I mean, it, you know, it's not like it's going to be... That's another 100%. thing. They play They play one... That game should be miserable. December 31st in Baltimore? Yeah. Like, that should be horrific. But it's, yeah. it's bad for their offense, too. And they have a lot of pass receivers now. So, you know, it's kind of even. Like, I... This is kind of favorable schedule. I really do believe that. When I didn't yeah. think it was last year, it's it's tough that you don't have any division rivals at home in the in the weather. You know, the first division rival at home is really end of October, start of November. You don't have anybody in September who's going to come in and sit on that swirling hot sideline and you know just kind of melt. Do you know what I mean? That's the that's the one thing in terms of divisional games. So the the sun factor doesn't really play into it obviously it plays into it with, with road team with non-AFC East teams Panthers. I think the Hard Rock Sun has something waiting for the Buffalo Bills October 1st <laughs> um except it could be, that miser- game, it could be that, miserable down here October 1st that game's in Buffalo though isn't it the but the Bills game at home is January. oh yeah that's right we play that's another thing we play Buffalo at the end uh, okay all right so we're going to well that's another thing that kind of helps us there's no bad weather in Buffalo yeah so it's going to be good really, weather October 1st. Raven, apart from that Ravens game, we don't really play, you know, a conventional bad weather game. Um, You know, and then what, week one dome, week two outdoors, week three outdoors, week four outdoors, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, Yeah, only one dome, only one dome all season, only one game indoors all season. And really, only one bad weather game, which could be the which is New Year's Eve, um, against the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. This is the you know, and and if you look at the teams, if you can start looking at the teams, um, you know, the, the East is is what it is. You know, you get a lot of those marquee games also at home, uh, like the Dallas game. That's going to be a lot of fun, December twenty fourth. I think that's going to be one of the highest rated uh, games of the of the entire season. Yeah, that'll be a big game. They're up against, I believe, a, a terrible game. Uh, Blake uh, told me the the game that was opposite of them, and he was saying that Dolphins Cowboys should get something like ninety six percent coverage nationwide. So yeah, that should be a, a huge game. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing about the Jets is, I mean, the Jets have got an absolutely brutal schedule because they start against the Bills, never easy. Then they've got the Cowboys on the road. They're at home to the Patriots, who obviously aren't as good as they have been, but Bill hates the Jets. Um, then they've got the Chiefs. Then they've got the Broncos on the road. Then they've got the Eagles. Then it's the new Battle of New York with the Giants. And then it's the Chargers. So, you know, and then they've got to get out east. They've got to go west coast to the Raiders and then back east to play Buffalo. So it's a pretty hard, you know, they don't really have, they have a kind of a 3rd of December against the Falcons, 10th of December against the Texans. Then they play us. Then they play Washington on New Year's on, I mean, their their running is, is pretty. They've got a pretty good running because they've got us twice: the Falcons, the Jets, the Commanders, the Browns, and the Patriots. So it's not a bad second half of the season for the Jets. But early on, they could be in big trouble if um, if they don't come out of the gate firing. Yeah, and and of course, the New York media is going to make you yeah. know if they start like one and three, they're going to make it feel as if it's one and thirteen. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I guess if there's any complaints is that they only have one primetime game, I guess, uh, at home, which is the the Monday night game against the Titans. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, they do have a one really rough spot. Sunday night football in, in Philadelphia Philly. is a yeah. rough spot for any team yeah. <laughs> in, in this not, league. That's like, that's great. a bonus. Like, that game is almost a bonus. You win that one. Okay, now that brings in 12 wins into the conversation, 13 wins. You know, like, that's supposed to be a scheduled loss. Uh, going to New England early in the season is a good thing. Um, yeah, uh, I guess if the Broncos are good, they ha- they have to come east yeah. in in the heat. But yeah, I think it's a pretty favorable schedule, and I'm not going to do that you know win loss win loss thing that everybody else is doing. But this you know this schedule is pretty favorable as far as travel and. Uh, how they get everybody uh it's the first time i actually looked this up it's the first time since the 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 revolving bye weeks and that means uh before they used to just give everybody in the afc east the same bye week and then they started changing it for at least one team since then it's the first time that a team will play everybody on their schedule that does not come off of bye week so yeah. the that is also a great thing all right, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to bitch about the offensive line, which is which is kind of like a, a pastime on this podcast. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954 579 That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. All right, and we're back. Simon, they signed two offensive linemen. Um, and I'm going to say offensive linemen because we don't know where one of them is going to play. Let's take the let's take this one first. Isaiah Wynn signs, and immediately everybody's out there like, oh, there's the competition for Austin Jackson. Well, if that's their, what they had in mind as far as competition for Austin Jackson, I don't think it's much. It's the same guy. It's essentially the same guy. I said, look, they got rid of Brandon Shell and Greg Little, and they decided, who can we find out there that's pretty much precisely the same as those two guys? And they went out and got him. Uh, your thoughts on Isaiah Wynn, where does he fit here? Yeah, look, I think there's been some very interesting stuff that's been said over the last 48, 72 hours since it was announced that he was signing. And the kind of the, the very, there's been a very weird reaction by some fans, kind of Dolphin truthers or offensive line truthers or Isaiah Wynn truthers or whatever you want to call it, really. Um, you know, who all of a sudden feel, you know, you think we'd signed like Anthony Munoz, um, <laughs> you know, to play on the right side. It's a very, very strange thing. And, you know, you've got all sorts of people. Like I had one guy on Twitter today say to me, well, you know, uh, yeah, he wasn't very good because um, because of the disaster and with with the coaching in New England, which is a you know a, a reasonable point that you could you could allude to in 2022 certainly. But then the flip side was that uh, he said, "Well, Bill Belichick is is the best head coach of all time, and uh, if he signed him to a fifth year uh, signed picked up his fifth year uh, deal on his contract, then he must know what he's talking about because he's the best of all time." It's like we well, can't have it both ways. You can't criticize the coaching to make your narrative on one point and then flip it to say, "Oh, well, actually, the head coaching is great because they decided to pick up his." I, like I don't really understand it. I don't really get the whole thing um look Isaiah Wynn I really loved coming out of Georgia I thought he was a really good player I thought it was a really kind of excellent pick for the Patriots in 2018 I thought he was really good in his first in his um uh in his pre-draft uh stuff he obviously tore his Achilles missed the year I thought he was really good in 2019 being coached by arguably the best certainly the best offensive line coach of a generation along with Bill Callahan in in Dante Skarnecchia 
Um, and then since that point, he's really fallen off a cliff. And it's been injuries, it's been inconsistency, it's been laziness, it's been lackadaisical effort, it's been work ethic off the field, uh, it's been some some issues with coaching and the way he's been coached, it's been weight issues. Um, but people want to say, I mean, I had some guy last night after he called me a red coat um, and, and told me to back out of the conversation because I knew nothing about uh, American football, uh, which is niche, and I've never heard that one before. Um, he then said to me that um, that winners had three really good seasons, um, which I was struggling because obviously I've watched a lot of his tape and he hasn't had three really good seasons. Um but what I will say is this, look, he's athletic. Um, if somebody can get him into some sort of physical shape, if they can get him into mental shape, um, he certainly has the athletic profile to to be a standout. I, I've watched subsequent to him signing a lot of his tape. It is ridden with inconsistencies, riddled even with inconsistencies, where he stands out is as a run blocker. Um, he can be a dominant run blocker at the point of attack, actually. Um, and he's still athletic enough despite the injuries the problem i have is that a he's injury prone okay you know and even when he's when he's not health even when he's healthy he's not actually that healthy um that's an issue two there are times when he can look cumbersome he can look leaden footed he can look like he doesn't know what he's doing i mean people highlight the the play against indianapolis where he gets absolutely spun around and then makes the tackle on Ramondre stevenson himself um, because he's so bad there are other examples of that littered throughout his, his film um now, would I feel comfortable with Isaiah Wynn playing left tackle? Yes, I would feel more comfortable with Isaiah Wynn playing left tackle than I would, say, Jerron Christian or you or Dolly Parton. Uh, would I feel more comfortable if the Dolphins hadn't historically managed to fuck the position around so badly that they're now in this situation anyway? And it doesn't matter who's at quarterback, frankly. You, you know, you're not putting five men out on the offensive line to try and make sure that your quarterback is hurt. But the Dolphins are in a really, really tenuous situation, which is that their quarterback is notoriously injury-prone and coming off an off-season in which he decided that, uh, you know, he needed some time to think about whether or not he was going to quit the game because of the injuries and the long-term effect on his future, okay, on his future health. And this is the situation that Miami finds itself in. They completely ignored the first wave of free agency. They completely ignored the offensive line of the draft. They completely ignored restricted free agency. And now they're booting around some of the trash cans, hoping to find, you know, a nugget of bone marrow that they can, you know, they can feed themselves on for the next, you know, for the next season. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Is Isaiah win the answer? I don't know. I mean, if he's the answer, I don't know what the question is based on the film over the last two years. People are saying, oh, well, maybe he gets moved to left guard. And he's played left guard a couple of times um, for the Patriots, and it wasn't a good look. He didn't particularly play very well at right tackle. His best tape has been at left tackle. Obviously, we have a great left tackle, but he is injury prone. So if Wynn plays at left tackle, then, you know, maybe what you see is a guy that can, you know, who's moved back to his natural position and he, you know, he does a really good job. Now, should he play right tackle? I think he'll be the... You know, I think there'll be a definite competition there and maybe iron sharpens iron and that, you know, win helps make Jackson better and vice versa. But it, it it's like I said, Noni Finns last night, the Dolphins have got a three-wheeled car at the moment. And instead of going out and buying a fourth wheel to make the car steady, all they're doing is just keep buying gear sticks and they've bought another gear stick. And oh, look, I tell you what, let's get a gear stick. Oh, we haven't had and a an air stick. freshener. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or let's yeah, let's buy an air freshener or a or a petrol cap or uh, you know, whatever. 
they ignore the tire. So yeah. that's a concern for me. And and really, it's not necessarily a criticism of Isaiah Wynn or Cedric Ogbue or anybody else that can come in. It's more a criticism of the long-term terrible planning that has gone around on the offensive line, you know. Um, and that's a historic thing. And that is not Mike McDaniel's fault. That is Chris Greer's fault. And people saying, oh, McDaniel's got to take some blame for this. And... <laughs> You know, I'm sorry, but Anthony Munoz isn't walking in through the door right now. Um, and I understand that Dolphins fans want to be positive because this is the most positive we've felt in 20 years. And that's great. But I think a sense of realism, a sense of people actually going and watching the film and having an understanding of what they're looking at. Um, and, uh, you know, just throwing things around like, oh, well, it was a different scheme last year and he was brilliant in 2021. No, but he wasn't. OK, <laughs> he wasn't. Um, there are certainly excellent pieces of play on tape okay i will absolutely concede that um as there are with anybody kendall lamb i thought put together 14 excellent snaps against new england before he got hurt um but there there is also the sorts of things that will get your quarterback out of the game forever you know that's not an idle threat either alf you know it's not chris knows mm-hmm. it's not and i think a lot of this there's no it's not you know and yes it could happen to anybody it could happen to trevor lawrence to aaron Rodgers, to lamar jackson to Bryce Young, God forbid it doesn't happen to any of them. But, you know, there is something just a little bit more susceptible about our guy than there is about everybody else's because of the the history. Um, you know, he's not been healthy since his freshman year at, at Alabama. So, you know, I, I hope Isaiah Wynn comes in and I, I certainly think he'll look good in, in shorts um, because he's a big athletic player. Um, he's still only 27. It's a cheap enough contract. It was a 2.3 million, 2.7 maxed mm-hmm. out. Um and I think he'll be absolute competition to start at, at, at right tackle. And look, maybe what happens is that you know he dominates, plays at right tackle, and they 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 look to start a competition at, at left guard between Dan Feeney, Austin Jackson, and um, and uh, Liam Eikenberg, with mm. the idea that you know what if you put Austin Jackson in between Connor Williams and um, and uh, Teron Armstead, then then maybe you might have something there. But it's just uh, you know. It, 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 it's as much an irritation of his, of history as it is of you know what they've done with these two players. I'll tell you how I'll feel a lot better about this, and that's if Isaiah Wynn is just the the insurance policy for Toronto Armstead. And there's two ways you could go about that. Uh, one way you could go about you know getting good insurance for Toronto Armstead missing games is just go out and get Jason Peters and just tell him look. You're not going to play anywhere else. We're not going to do what we did, what the the Cowboys did with you last year, playing you all over the offensive line, plugging holes. You are Teron Armstead. Essentially, you're his valet. When he's out, you're playing. And you're playing the position that you're going to go into the Hall of Fame as a unanimous first battle Hall of Famer. And I think he'll be amenable to to something like that. Um, Like You would agree, right? Like You offer Jason Peters a contract just to play left tackle. I think he'll take it even at this late stage of his career. You agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, in the limited snaps he had last year, at left tackle, left guard, right tackle, I thought Peters was excellent. Again, I mean, he's a first ballot walk-in Hall of Famer anyway, but, you know, and obviously he slipped. He's 41 years old, but he's still better than a significant amount of of players in, uh, in the NFL and certainly players that the Dolphins have rostered. Yeah. Now, they met with Cam Fleming before. They met with George Fan as well, but... Uh, mostly with, with Cam Fleming, who got a run of the place, kind of looked like that meant a little bit more than what, what happened with George Fant. Uh, Cam Fleming, they will have money June 1st. If they sign Cam Fleming on June 1st, 
that that's an obvious signal that Austin Jackson is probably on the way out at right tackle because I really don't believe that, that he could beat out a guy like Cam Fleming who's had good tape and had he started for several teams and had pretty good runs with with, with several teams, uh, Cowboys, and now as of late the Broncos. If they do that, then you can start making an argument like, man, okay, now I'm starting to see a little bit of the vision. Like you're not going to spend money all across the board because. You know, we're expensive in the secondary. We're going to be really expensive on the defensive line. We're already expensive at wide receiver. So, you know, you can't spend too much money elsewhere. Uh, I think that, do you think that maybe the best case scenario is that they go out and they get somebody like Cam Fleming and then Isaiah Wynn gets a run at left guard? I am I'm more than happy if their plan is to bring in fairly cheap veteran minimums guys on one-year deals to make the the bottom of the offensive line roster better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Experienced guys who can, with a bit of position versatility and whether that's Feeney or Wynn or Fleming or Ogbue, who I don't think makes the team, but yeah, let's, let's throw his name in there as well. I would much rather that than let's go into a playoff game with the Buffalo Bills with Lester Cotton, Jerron Christian, you know, guys of that ilk. Okay. I, and I moving Robert Hunt for the first time yeah. to right tackle. I don't think that's a bad thing that, that that we do that. And if that's the plan, then whilst I don't love it, I can get behind it a lot more than just thinking that this these two signings are the answer. Um, you know, and look, we're a long way away from the season. It's what May the seventeenth, eight May, June, July, August. I mean, we're three and a half months out from from taking a, a meaningful snap. So we'll see what happens. But it just feels to me a little bit like, you know, it feels to me like there were there, there were clearly they were clearly hyped in on Cam Smith, but there were opportunities to do something where you could move Connor Williams back to his more natural left guard position. You could draft John Michael Schmitz, for example, and there you have that situation sorted out. You know, there there's left guard, center, left tackle, absolutely sorted. Okay, you got Rob Hunt. Now I know they're they're, they're reticent to move Rob Hunt to right tackle, and I completely understand that. But you know, there are certain situation scenarios where you could have moved Rob Hunt to left left to right tackle if you were so concerned about that 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 side of things now clearly they believe in austin jackson i don't think necessarily that this is a moratorium these two signings on austin jackson because i do believe they think that he has got talent that he's still a young kid he's still a baby he's still growing physically mentally he's got an you know athletic ability to be able to to become an okay you know swing tackle in this league swing back up um but you know, Chris Greer sitting in the post-draft press conference and saying, look, you guys are way more worried about the offensive line than we are, I think is pretty instructive as to how they're thinking. Now, like I mm-hmm. said, if they're churning the bottom of the barrel and just making the, the backups better, then I don't have an issue with that. But my concern is what happens. You, you've got to keep this kid healthy. You've mm-hmm. got to keep him healthy. And if they can't keep him healthy, that will cost Chris Greer his job. If if, if he gets knocked out because... Isaiah Wynn or Ogbuhe or whoever just turns inside when they're supposed to block outside. Some rusher gets a free run to it. He gets concussed and he says, you know what? And his parents say, you know what? We just can't do this anymore. We can't do this anymore. This is now three slash four concussions in in 12 months. We can't do it. You know, I'm 25 years old and I want to, I've got a son and I want a life. That's falls on Chris Greer. I'm sorry it does. You know, that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles, unfortunately, because this line has historically been ignored really so you know it's not just a case of protect the quarterback there is a caveat to the protection of the quarterback which is that you know we know what it is we've got to keep the kid healthy because he can deliver if he's healthy but if he's not on the field 
you know, we don't want to see Mike White or Skylar Thompson starting in a in a playoff game. And and quite frankly, we we wouldn't get into the playoffs if either of those had to play for a significant part of the season anyway. So, and even if we brought Tom Brady in, he's got you know he's eighty two years old. He's got to be kept up right as well. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's um. It's very interesting. And I, and I look at what championship teams do. You look at what Brett Beach did two, three years ago with the with the Browns. You know, he completely replaced the entire offensive line, got rid of Eric Fisher, got rid of, you know, did the whole thing. They drafted um, uh, they drafted Creed Humphrey. They drafted Lucas Niang. They signed Orlando Brown. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They completely And they afforded they themselves more opportunities, even yeah. with Lucas Niang kind of busting because we, yeah. we don't know what he's going to be. They signed Joe Tooney. You yeah, know, they, they gave themselves a little bit of redundancy. The Dolphins had an opportunity to sign Shaq Mason for a seventh round draft pick. You know, they could have easily, they could have easily gone uh, Teron Armstead, uh, moved Connor Williams to left guard, drafted a center. Kicked, played Shaq Mason at left guard, at right guard, and kicked Rob Hunt to right tackle. I mean, you can't tell me that an offensive line that that goes Armstead, Williams, Schmitz, or Tipman, for example, Schmidt. Let's just say Schmidt. So Armstead, uh, Williams, Tipman, Mason, Hunt is not a significant upgrade, and a you know bordering on a good to very good offensive line. You can't tell me that's not the case because it that's just not true. Yeah. Now I do know for a fact that they and remember they have this is not just Chris Greer. This is several guys that have their hands in the in the stew here. Okay, and they do like Robert Jones, but if they are going to go explore the guard market, like I don't know if you've taken a look at it as of late, but I have a very simple list here. All of these guys are are upgrades over what they have behind those guards right now. Justin Pugh. Roger Saffold, Billy Price. I actually like Billy Price because his uh, versatility to play center as well. Trey I Turner, Dalton Reisner. Um, anything you like there? Because I, I like them all. <laughs> if, you know, like we're gonna, if we're going to compare them to what we have right now inside, I kind of like them all. Yeah, Saffold I like. Um, I think Pugh's been a bit of a bust. Um, I get the position versatility uh, thing. Uh, I haven't seen Justin Pugh in a while. Um, I actually thought he'd retired and, and Risner I thought had played really well early and then a bit like Isaiah Wynn really just fell off a cliff. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, if they're churning the bottom of the roster and they're looking at vet minimum guys to come in and and make a difference, but you know, I know they like Robert Jones, like you said, you, you made that clear on only things the other day and um, you know, that that's good because I think there's something there. I saw Brandon Jones uh, on Instagram the other day doing a series of Robert Jones appreciation tweets, which are th- uh, appreciation posts, which I thought was good and interesting. But you know, just be better on the offensive line. Just just be better. Yeah, and how much of it do you think on the way out here? How much do you think of of, of Robert Jones? Others, oh, Robert Jones appreciation is from him playing a, uh, with Torn Armstead to his left and actually being aided. All this time, and he's being made to look better than what he actually is. Yeah, no, I think that's I, I think that's okay. I mean, what I like about him is he's got head, he's got his head on his swivel. You know, he blocks, he looks around, he he uses his he uses his you know what he's got. He's long, he's athletic. Um, you know, it's gonna it, it's gonna get it, it, it's got to click, and it's gonna have to click soon. But there's certainly something to work with. Um, but you know, you play at Middle Tennessee State or wherever it is that he played. I think it was Middle Tennessee State, and you, you know, th- there's a bit of a step up. But I think there's th- there are things to be done, uh, and things that he, you know, I think he makes the team absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think he makes the team and he should do because, you know, his performances have been okay. And I, I think it's guys like, you know, the Jerome Christians and the Lester Cons and those sorts of guys there. But look, if you go into the season and you've got, you know, you've got Dan Feeney, you've got Connor Williams, you've got Rob Hunt, you've got Robert Jones and a another in that mix, that's, it's okay. And then you've also got, you throw in an Isaiah win. I don't think, like I said, I don't think Obuo makes the team, you know, maybe they sign a Fleming who knows then and then you're kind of like okay it's not I, I just don't want to be in a situation where we have to go to rich stadium or whatever it's now called for a wild card playoff game and we're starting kendall lamb you know an offensive line of kendall lamb lester cotton connor williams jerome christian and rob hunt because that you know that's not fair for anybody yeah and do you more confidence in liam meikenberg or aj uh, austin jackson um <laughs> Funnily enough, I thought Eichenberg would be a star in the NFL and he's really struggled. And I always was down on Austin Jackson. I thought he was awful at USC and couldn't believe he was being talked about as a first rounder. I mean, I get the athletic profile and his age and the fact that he missed a lot of the senior year or his last year because of his sister. But I actually think Jackson has a chance. I can't really put my finger on why beyond the team's general confidence in him. Um, but I think he has a chance, and it wouldn't surprise me if he um, if he ended up starting and being okay, actually. And it's also the aesthetics of it, and I get to see it every year at camp on field level. When you watch these guys, and you look at Austin Jackson, you know, you're looking at a guy who's like 6'5", 320 pounds, and he's moving. You know, unfortunately, he's doing it with, you know, with shells and in shorts and you don't get to play in shells and in shorts. Maybe if you get to play in shells and shorts, maybe, you know, he'd be a lot better. But you watch him. And if you're a coach, you know, especially you're not going to see him live until you play against another team in a in in joint practices or in a preseason game. You're not going to see it. And even in a preseason game, you're not going to play your starting offensive line too much. Uh, You watch that and you're going to sell yourself. It's just one of those things. You're going to sell yourself on like, oh, you know, how the hell are we going to get rid of this guy? Look look what he looks like, you know? And look what he looks like moving, you know? So, yeah. you know, that's that's the thing I, I see with Austin Jackson. He's going to get the benefit of the doubt just on pure looks. Liam Eikenberg, I'm just, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm almost out on him. Oh, they keep pointing to those three games. Oh, he was great in those three games. Okay, that's great. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see going forward. But now it, it seems like Liam Eikenberg is the one with more competition right now because they do like robert jones by the way the bills play at highmark stadium do you have any idea what the hell highmark is because i don't uh i don't is it some sort of gambling uh i have no idea i really have no idea when i say that i don't know it means i don't know (laughs) i don't know what highmark in fact we'll finish the show right there we're gonna look up what the hell highmark is it's all one word highmark stadium Uh, yeah it's a healthcare company well there you go all right. So, well, that's it. We didn't mention too much of Cedric Agbuye uh, because he's well, toilet. <laughs> if he's playing, we got bigger problems. I'm surprised he got. A, I'm surprised. I, I thought he, when he left the Jets, that would be his final contract. I've got to say. Yeah. I mean, he only started 25 games through his rookie, through his four-year rookie contract, and then he's kicked around what Jags, Seahawks, Seahawks, Ravens, Jets since 2019, uh, and he was an absolute turnstile in Seattle and for the Jets, really. So, Yeah, Agba had a, a monster game against them uh, when uh, when Seattle came down here a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, Agba was, was, had a monster game against them. So, yeah, um, 
Yeah, I don't see I don't see how he's gonna help you this year. All right. That's it. I think we have one more show until we take uh you know our well deserved six uh, months. Yes. Uh, we take our well deserved vacation for the summer and we'll have other people step in for us. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.